0: Oh, Nate's dancing. All
1: right. (laughs) Good morning,
2: everybody. We can at least be silly this morning. Good morning. How are you?
1: That's right. That's right.
0: We are so excited to see right, all of you out there. Welcome to another edition of Wake Up to Life with Lauren and Nate, your favorite pro-life morning show. I'm in another part of the promised land. I'm in another part of Texas this morning traveling. I'm Laura Musica, president and CEO of Sidewalk Advocates for Life.
2: And I'm Nate Robertson, Vice President of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. And what a great joy it is to join you again this Friday, each and every Friday, as we talk about what's going on in the pro-life world, how we can continue to work to change hearts and minds as well as laws on this most important issue of our times, the cause of life.
0: That's right. Prayer, news, stories, a special interview. Actually, we have two today. I am so excited about these guests. They are powerhouses, especially when it comes to the hot topics here in post-Roe America we got a special tip for you, a devotional, more prayer. Again, we always say it's all right here, folks. Uh, so yeah, Nate, I, uh, <laughs> I had to really adjust my background here. I literally was blue just before we went live. I think now I'm at least a soft orange, you know, you never know in these hotel rooms, but part and parcel of being in Texas, I at least have some good oil and horses and uh i don't know what all this is that a windmill above my head anyways you can tell i'm in texas i'm in a texan hotel room which is so funny so how are things in florida
2: (laughs) things are good it is it's another great day here um you know we we have the the normal rains that we've had a little bit this week so not not bad things are good um the family is good and Actually, special shout out this morning. It's my dad's 69th birthday. So happy birthday.
0: Oh, happy birthday, Papa Robertson. So he's a pastor, (laughs) right? right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I
2: mean, he's done all kinds of ministry. Yeah, throughout his life. That's wonderful.
0: Good. Well, a big happy birthday to him. End of September, baby. There you go. So that's um, right. Well, he's a special man. I know he loves you. He loves Sidewalk Advocates for Life. And so give him our our love back for sure. All right. Well, uh, we've got an action-packed show for you today. Uh, We're going to start out with a big headline. This is huge news in the pro-life movement as far as, again, the most prevalent form of abortion here in the United States, including an unfortunate situation that we just became aware of in the pro-life movement. So we're going to kind of unpack that for a little bit. Again, we're going to go into a victory story, a tip. Uh, We will be doing two special interviews with two powerhouse women that are changing the game for life. And then we're going to come back and finish off with a devotional, more prayer. So speaking of prayer, time for prayer, Nate, right?
2: (laughs) Sounds great. Yeah, let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to be together this morning. God, we're just so grateful to be called by you as you continue to lead us um, into exactly what we should do as we continue to help women and men um, have their hearts awakened and hopefully their hearts changed on the issue of life. God, I pray that you would continue to guide Sidewalk Advocates for Life and all of those pregnancy help organizations that we work alongside of as we continue to to resource women and men each and every day. God, I pray for our guests today, God, that you would continue to bless what they are doing in this great mission. And God, that you would continue to show us the victories and the miracles that are happening all around us. God, may we not be people who look at things in a lens of defeat or of glass half empty, but that we would live our lives and see things from a place of victory. Bless us today. We'll continue to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Nate. Okay, here's our big headline this morning. California sues to stop pregnancy centers from saving babies from abortion. So California Attorney General Rob Bonta have filed a lawsuit against several pro-life pregnancy centers Thursday, alleging that they are quote unquote misleading patients by advertising abortion pill reversal, the special regimen, of course, that We know here in the pro-life movement has saved thousands of babies, has counteracted the effects of the chemical abortion regimen, right? According to a press release, Heartbeat International, which is the ministry that hosts this special uh, regimen and its affiliate, Real Options Pregnancy Centers, suggest on their website that the use of progesterone can, in some cases, reverse the effects of a chemical abortion pill if the mother has only taken the first dose. Bonta argued that the treatment has, quote, no credible scientific backing and poses a potential risk for pregnant women, according to the press release, even though abortion pill reversal has credibly saved thousands of babies from abortion. Women looking to stop the effects of a chemical abortion are directed to contact one of the five real option centers in California. To obtain a prescription for progesterone, which again is naturally occurring in a woman's body, right? We can supplement that like we do many hormones. To take within 72 hours, according to the center's website, a spokesperson for Heartbeat International told the Daily Caller News Foundation that contrary to the attorney general's claims, many women do regret their abortions and deserve the right to try and save their pregnancies. Heartbeat International learned through interview requests, the California attorney general is suing to block us from advertising abortion pill reversal is safe and effective, the spokesperson said. Through our abortion pill rescue network hotline, we know that some women almost immediately regret their chemical abortion choice. No woman should ever be forced to complete an abortion she no longer wants. In abortion pill reversals, ob offer women progesterone, again, naturally occurring, hormone, right, that also is offered to women uh, who may be at risk of miscarriage. They offer it to pregnant mothers taking the first abortion pill, but regret it. So how it works is mifepristone, the first pill of the chemical, the two-pill chemical abortion regimen, blocks progesterone and basically starves the baby to death. Much like miscarriage prevention treatments, the abortion pill reversal involves giving women progesterone right to counteract the effects of that first drug, right? So the first drug blocks progesterone. The second, you know, the, or I should say, the abortion pill reversal regimen replaces what was stolen from the pregnancy, essentially. So one study found that nearly 70% of women who underwent the treatment were able to reverse the effects of the abortion drug and save their baby's lives the study did not find any increased risks of complications or birth defects. Now, this is a little heavy, but I think this is important for us to understand. Meanwhile, news has just surfaced that Alana Dixon, age 24, died, it would actually be yesterday, a year ago, after complications from the abortion forced her to seek emergency medical treatment 4 days after the uh, after her abortion at Planned Parenthood so her family's now suing the Las Vegas hospital who treated her saying that they did not provide adequate medical care at the Planned Parenthood Abortion Center Dixon received the dangerous Mifepristone abortion pill that has killed dozens of other women like we need to hear this folks it has killed dozens of other women and injured thousands. The pill has been linked to sepsis, which I believe was relevant in this case, uh, which has killed, again, other women taking the drug as well. So studies indicate the risks of the abortion drug are more common than what abortion activists like to claim. With as many as one in 17 women requiring hospital treatment, A recent study by the Charlotte Lozier Institute found that the rate of abortion-related emergency room visits by women taking the abortion drug increased more than 500% between uh, uh, 2002 and 2015. Absolutely unbelievable. So this is just, I mean, I was thinking about this last night, Nate. If this were any other drug, if this were any other medical regimen, We would have pulled this off the market a long time ago with its complication rate, with the number of women who have died from it, right? And now the state of California, surprise, surprise, has the audacity to sue Heartbeat International and Obria, who are providing a remedy to this dangerous uh, regimen. And so it's just really unfortunate. You know, it's it's funny. I've been to so many different events with Heartbeat International. Heartbeat International is one of the largest pregnancy resource center systems around the world. We we refer on the sidewalk to Heartbeat International Centers and we're so proud to do so. And Jor Godsey, the president of Heartbeat International, I, I've seen him stand on stage with these big t-shirts that, that say, it's just progesterone. <laughs> it's just progesterone, folks, right? This isn't some sort of, odd drug or you know even a supplement off of off the streets right or even from the grocery store this is progesterone if we get women this hormone that has been stolen from her body stolen from her pregnancy in the the first part of the chemical abortion regimen then we have hope to to prospectively save the life of this child replace that nourishment in pregnancy and save her from a lifetime of regret and having to walk through healing from trauma. And so, anyways, it's uh it's gonna be interesting to see what happens in this lawsuit, but I'm not surprised that it's the state of California. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, yeah.
2: Yeah, you know, it doesn't surprise us to continue to see things like this from the state of California and other of the extreme pro-abortion states, right? We no. we almost need to expect that they are gonna continue to go to every length they can to promote abortion, and to lie, quite, quite frankly, to lie about the great work that the pro-life, pro-love movement is doing, that our great partners throughout the pregnancy health organizations are doing. And, you know, I, I think that we should ask the over now 4,500 babies and their mothers who have been saved by the Abortion Pill Reversal Network, um, and, you know, and that process, how they feel about it. How well did it work? Well, it obviously worked really well for those babies. It's just really very upsetting that we continue to see people get a platform to just write, just outright lie about the realities of the great work that is happening through treatments like this. Again, it's just progesterone. Like, come on, folks. Like, let's all, all back right. up, chill out. It's just progesterone. And you know, you highlighted that story that I had read earlier this week of that. 24-year-old girl who lost her life. And if you read the account in the full article about that story, it is really horrible what this young woman went through in the last few days of her life because the abortion um, industry failed to protect women, failed to protect her, failed to make sure that she understood all the risks, failed to make sure she had all the support she needed and failed to get her the correct medical treatment as soon as she began to have complications. So we have yeah. to do better. That's why we continue to do what we are doing each and every day and why we continue to fight hard for women and men across America.
0: And Nate, one more thing. I know we need to move on here, but I remember being at our conference last fall. We're one week away from the conference at this yeah. point. We're so excited about that, but Last year, I remembered that when Becky Hagen, who's now with Vitae Foundation, hit the stage and gave her testimony about reversing the abortion pill and now having her beautiful son, Zachariah, with her, right? There were a number of women, including Linda on our staff, who stood up and and joined the chorus of voices that said, I had a chemical abortion and it was bad and it was rough. And I thought I was going to die and I thought I would have to. I mean, Linda on our staff, she, she shares her testimony. She had to go back to Planned Parenthood and they had to give her IV fluids. And, you know, it. I think this is a lot more common than we know, because even just the, the cross section of, of, of folks that were at our conference last year, when this topic came up and people chimed in, I was shocked standing back hearing from all these women who said, no, that was my experience, too. Right. And so I know this is a passion of yours too, Nate, and we're, we're really just so dedicated here at Sidewalk Advocates for Life in making sure that if we see a woman leave the abortion facility and she's got that paper bag in her hand and we think it's that second pill, I mean, we even check, you know, we, we, we don't hand out post-abortion healing information until we've got some clear yeah. signs that we can help prospectively reverse an abortion pill uh, regimen, Right. So anyways this is this is a big deal and um my prayer is that here's the body of Christ we continue to rise up and speak out against this for the sake of yes children and women as well.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. You know it is just so important that we continue this fight and make it very clear the dangers of chemical or medication abortion and what it is doing to women and what it's doing prospectively to women's futures. So thank you, Lauren, I know we need to move on. I have an amazing story to share and I'm gonna um, pull up a text message on my phone real quick. So um, forgive me while I grab this, but I have an amazing victory story that I have to share with you that is fresh from the sidewalk from just two days ago um, up in Northern California. Our team there was out on the sidewalk and they were able to meet this young lady as she was walking into the facility who was really just very much afraid of another pregnancy very much felt like she just couldn't do it. She has a a young son at home and she just didn't feel like she could handle another pregnancy right now as a single mom. And so she was going into that facility and one of our sidewalk advocates was able to speak with her and talk with her a little bit and just make sure she was really well informed, but it didn't deter her at that moment. She was still planning to go in. But one thing that was so incredible about this story is that before this young mother turned to go into the abortion facility, she and the sidewalk advocate were able to exchange phone numbers. And it was in that exchange of phone numbers that then our sidewalk advocate was able to send this really simple message to her as she had gone inside. And it was just these four words, you are not alone. I'm sorry. Many times I have tears thinking about the great work that we do and just the impact that it has. And throughout the rest of that day, our sidewalk advocate didn't hear back from this young mom, but she knew she had received the message. You are not alone. It was several hours later that the young mom reached back out to our sidewalk advocate and said, "Um, they did the ultrasound. I asked to see the ultrasound and I couldn't go through with the abortion. She's eight weeks pregnant. And she immediately reached back out to this sidewalk advocate and said, how can you help? What, you know, how can you help me? Because she's in a troubled situation, but she knew that she was not alone because we had well-trained people on the sidewalk to remind her that. And now she has a community of support to help her through this pregnancy and beyond. And she's getting linked up with the local PRC to make sure that everything she is in need of, we can help to resource as the great community that we are. And what's so amazing about that story is that it wasn't the only victory that this group of sidewalk advocates had on Wednesday. They also had one other young lady who they were able to give information to who never even went into the abortion facility and went directly to the pregnancy resource center. Guys, it's working, we're winning. This is what we're seeing each and every day. On average, about six lives are saved every single day through the efforts of sidewalk advocates across America. So rejoice with us of this amazing story out of Northern California from just this week.
0: So beautiful. It's no wonder you're choked up, Nate. Like I, I, I mean, this just <laughs> happened. We were trading these messages yeah. amongst our team and it never gets old. I mean, this is baby save what is it like 21,179 or something like that by God's (laughs) grace and it's it's we're not doing anything fancy on the sidewalk we're we're sending simple messages to women like you are not alone here's resources here's help here's hope I mean if you want to make a difference in your community go be the hands and feet of Christ outside these facilities and just let women know they're not alone and here's your resources right and that's yes we'll right. train you we'll support you we'll pray for you i mean these miracles are happy, happening every single day and so thanks be to god for these two mothers who who chose life courageously it's so beautiful and i know the sidewalk advocates are continuing to rally around these moms and get them everything oh. that they need and that's the best part is you know the other side loves to say oh you know you just tell them not to have an abortion and you send them on their merry way and and say have a nice life that's That's not what we do here at Sidewalk Advocates for Life. We connect them to the pregnancy help organizations, yes, but we also say, you know, we're still here for you. What do you need? And we throw baby showers and we're godparents to some of these children. And we're just so honored to be a part of what God is doing to end abortion, right? That's That's so good. Thank you. Thanks, Nate. All right. Well, my tip's going to be really simple as we get ready to go into our two powerhouse interviews. Um, And it really is just bottom line here, persevering in prayer. You know, this is something that has really spoken to me lately. Um, We know the story in the gospel of Martha and Mary. And so many of us are busy doing things for (laughs) or about the Lord. I know that that's so part and parcel of who I am, you know, busy CEO and running off to the races and traveling yet again. And I have to sometimes pull myself back and realize, you know what? Lauren can only do so much. And again, even then, apart from him, as the scriptures tell us, we can do nothing. And so we've got to be plugged into, I'm literally looking at a plug here. I don't know if this is like a a word or what, but We need to be plugged into our our source of strength and peace and power. And when we stay connected to the Lord and we're willing to pray, um, we have faith that God is moving in the unseen. You know, I know we shared this story several weeks ago, but I was recently at a Miami, Florida abortion facility, and we were referring actually to a Heartbeat International Pregnancy Resource Center um, 20 minutes down the road. And um, I had the great blessing of sending a woman to the Pregnancy Resource Center. But later that day, it was either later that day or the next day, we got word that the abortion facility director called the pregnancy center director, the the, the center that we were referring women to, from her abortion facility. And she, she yelled at her on the voicemail and said, you stole six of my clients. We saw one turn around in front of our faces, but apparently there may have been up to six more that went to the pregnancy center that 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 left and never had an abortion that that took that literature to heart that unpacked that gift bag that we gave them and realized you know what I'm not alone I can do this right and so we just never know that was such a witness to me that we never know the effects of our prayers and our presence many times that we just need to keep being faithful to the next right thing we need to keep doing the next right thing and trusting that god is working in the unseen and that's what God does. He's a miracle worker. He's a way maker. And so can we trust that as we do our part, he's going to do his profoundly. So that's what I want to leave with you all today. Keep persevering in prayer. Make sure that's your foundation. And from that strength, respond, right? That's the goal.
2: So great. So great, Lauren. Thank you for that. So good.
0: All right. Well, we are getting ready to go into our first interview of the show here. I am so excited to introduce to you. I mean, she's she's one of our heroes here at Sidewalk Advocates for Life. This voice is so needed. Um, I know we always want to do. I always want to do a drum roll. Nate, you do good drum rolls. Or <laughs> can Our producer do a drum roll. There you go. There it thank is there. You. Francis, CEO of the American Association of Pro-Life Gyns. Good morning, Dr. Francis. How are you?
3: Good morning. I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on. And I'm so glad that I get to sit in and listen to the beginning of your show too, because man, I'm like energized and uh, yeah, just renewed dedication to what it is that we're doing. So thank you Amen. for that. No, Absolutely. thank you. We're, we're so excited to
0: have you on this morning. I know you're going to be one of our speakers next week. We're going to unpack that for a moment too. Um, I, I think most people in the pro-life movement know who you are, but just for those who may not, tell us a little bit about yourself and Apolog and your mission, especially, I mean, this this mission uh, is so needed in the midst of a culture and industry that doesn't always value pre-born life. So tell us more about that.
3: Absolutely. Well, um, As you said, my name is Christina Francis and I'm an OBGYN. I work as an OB hospitalist now, which means I just take care of women and babies in the hospital doing deliveries, which is my favorite part of the job, of course, Uh, but also managing high risk pregnancies and, uh, you know, women that come in with pregnancy loss as well. So I sort of see this full spectrum Uh, Which is such an honor and privilege. Uh, But in addition to that, also CEO of Aplog, as you said. And uh, we are a professional medical organization, uh, really the only non religious professional medical organization representing medical professionals who practice medicine from a life affirming standpoint. And we're uh, celebrating our 50th anniversary this year, which is really exciting. We came into existence in 1973 as a special interest group within the American College of OBGYNs Uh, and then in 2013 became our own organization when they dissolved the title of special interest group at ACOG but we were kind of glad to you know separate from ACOG and uh, form our own organization i think we're going to talk a little bit about the direction that ACOG has (laughs) gone Um, But we have over 7,000 members now, mostly in the US, but also some international members. And even though in our name it says uh, OBGYNs, we represent actually many, many specialties. So we have midwives, family medicine physicians. nurses, we have some surgeons, anesthesiologists. We just recently started an emergency medicine subsection because we had some emergency medicine physicians come to us and say that their governing bodies uh, are doing the same thing that ours were in saying that if you spread misinformation about abortion, that potentially your board certification could be removed. And so they needed a professional organization to represent them. And so they came to us. And so we exist primarily for medical professionals to equip and encourage them with the evidence base that they need to defend their life affirming practice. Um, But Mm -hmm. we also, I think, especially in the last few years, have really become the medical voice for the pro-life movement. We, you know, especially for your sidewalk advocates. We want them when they're on the sidewalks in front of those clinics, um, you know, trying to save those women and children from the horrors of abortion. We want them to have accurate medical information to give those women so that they understand not only that the science clearly supports the fact that that child inside of them is a human being, um, but also that the evidence really shows that there are there are long term uh, medical risks associated with uh, abortions, whether they be surgical or chemical. And women really deserve to know that even if they're going to, you know, in the end, make that choice to have an abortion. We believe that they deserve fully informed consent, that they should not be told that this is a safe procedure or that, um, you know, they're not at risk for anything, but that they should at least know the risk that they're facing because we know that the abortion facilities are not telling them that.
2: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Great. So great. Thank you for just, again, that that introduction about what um, Apolog is doing and, and just how important it is. You know, and Dr. Francis, you mentioned about ACOG, so the American College of Obstetri- Obstetricians, um, Obstetricians, sorry, and gynecologists. And they just essentially announced their support of abortion up to birth, saying that they support abortion, quote, without restriction. So I'd love to hear your reaction and what Apolog is doing to counter this position.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it's heartbreaking to me that um, this is certainly the first time I've heard them say this out loud this clearly. I think this is where they've been at for a while, but they seem to have really drawn a line in the sand now that is not consistent actually with the vast majority of their members. Uh, you know, many people listening may not realize that up to 93% of OBGYNs do not perform induced abortion. And yet, ACOG represent, claims to represent all of those OBGYNs. Um, and yet, they've taken this really radical position that, again, is out of step with our profession. When we are caring for pregnant women, we know that we're caring for two patients. And so to say that it should be fine to intentionally end the life of our fetal patient all the way up until the moment of birth for any reason and to have no regulation or restriction, I mean, that's ridiculous. Nothing in medicine is unregulated. Everything in medicine is regulated. Abortion should be no different just from a safety standpoint, much less when you think about the um, just the the unethical nature of intentionally ending the lives of our fetal patients. And again, that's not consistent with the ethics of medicine. And I, you know, I really think that this is, or my hope and, and what APLOG is working on is that this is going to wake up a lot of the medical community, specifically within OBGYN. I think there's a lot of physicians that are busy. They're out there busy with their practices. They don't do abortions, so maybe they don't pay a lot of attention to what's going on in this arena like those of us who are working in this arena all the time do. But my hope is that this will wake them up because this is so radically out of step with the way that the vast majority of OBGYNs, even those who would claim to be pro-choice, Practice. We know that they are not doing these these painful second and third trimester abortions. I think the other important thing to raise is that this is yet another um, point of evidence that ACOG, when it comes to the issue of induced abortion, continues to ignore the wealth of scientific data, the wealth of medical evidence that is out there about what abortion does to our patients. You guys were talking about abortion pill reversal earlier. One of the things I'm sure that the California AG's office is going to rely on is ACOG, saying that APR has no scientific evidence when we know the exact opposite is true. And so, you know, if there happens to be anybody listening who's an ACOG member, I would encourage them, or if, or, you know, for women who maybe your doctor is an ACOG member, I would encourage you to point this out to your doctor and say, Are you an ACOG member? If you are, does this represent how you practice medicine? If it doesn't, let ACOG know, you know, I'm not an ACOG member anymore because they force their members to support their political activity with 8% of their dues. So I left ACOG several years ago, but for anyone who's still a member, you know, I would encourage them to let ACOG know how out of step this is with, with good sound medical practice.
0: That's really good advice for all of us women who go to the OB you, you know, I mean, um, I never even thought to do that. So I, I really appreciate that. And that, that you know, huge perspective here on how this is changing the landscape for all of us women <laughs> in America, right. right? It's so important. Um, Dr. Francis, you're a, a speaker next week at the National Sidewalk Advocacy Conference. We're so privileged to have Apolog, uh sponsoring as well. And we're going to be talking about the hot topics in, in post-war America. There's so much misinformation out there about you know how to ethically uh, handle ectopic pregnancy, you know, early delivery in, you know, when, when mom's life is at risk and things like this. We know that there's ethical responses to this. These are not abortion situations. They don't have to be abortion situations, right? Um, tell us a little bit about why this is important from your point of view to address and, and what people can expect from you next week.
3: Absolutely. Well, you know, I think this has been one of the most alarming things for me since the Dobbs decision is the amount of just horrific misinformation that's come out of even from the medical profession, which is so ridiculous to me. Uh, You know, as someone who's practiced for 15 years and never needed to perform an induced abortion, and yet never lost a maternal patient from a preventable cause either. Uh, Mm -hmm. I know that induced abortion is not needed to save women's lives. And the reason we know that is because the sole intent of an abortion, even the Royal College of OBGYNs acknowledges this, is to produce a dead baby. That's not our intent when we intervene to save a woman's life. Sometimes we do have to separate. separate mom and baby. And sometimes that has to be done before baby can survive outside of the womb. But that's not an abortion. And that is not prevented by Mm -hmm. any law currently on the books or even being proposed in the U.S. In fact, I've said many times since the Dobbs decision and hearing this misinformation that, you know, these pro-life protections prevent physicians from intervening to save women's lives. If there was ever a state that was proposing such a law, I would be the first person to get on a plane and go to that state house and oppose that law because we are pro-life, Across the board, we're not just pro-life of the baby, of course, we're pro-life of the mother as well. And we recognize that there are difficult circumstances sometimes where we need to intervene. But again, if mom dies, Baby dies, nobody lives. So we have to intervene and save who we can. You know, thankfully, as medical technology uh, increases, we've now been able to save younger and younger babies. In some places in the U.S., now babies born at 21 and a half weeks can survive. And so, you know, as medical technology advances, hopefully, we'll have fewer and fewer of these situations where, uh, where you know, we deliver mom early and the baby doesn't survive. But even in those circumstances where we have to do that, and again, in my job as an OB hospitalist. I've had to make that very difficult decision of we don't have an option anymore to to keep you pregnant. You know, it's, we have to deliver you, but we can do that in a way that respects the dignity of both mom and baby gives mom and dad an intact baby to hold and to grieve. And sometimes honestly we deliver and we think, you know, we don't think there's a great chance that baby's going to be able to survive, but we're not a hundred percent sure if you do an abortion that tears that baby apart, you have no way of knowing if there was a chance that baby could survive. If you do a delivery, you can evaluate baby when he or she is born, and then make the determination whether or not they're big enough to, you know, to get interventions to try to help them survive. So, um, you know, this equivocation between abortion and those early deliveries is ridiculous. Any physicians who, who's being honest uh, will admit that those are not the same thing. And I think it's really important, especially for your sidewalk advocates, uh, to have the tools that they need to be able to respond to that. Um, You know, if a woman says that she was sent to the abortion clinic because she was gonna die if she didn't go, I want them to have the tools to be able to, um, you know, engage with her in that conversation and then direct her to the right resources. And so that's a little bit of what I'm gonna cover in in one of my talks next week. That is so
0: powerful, so powerful. Wow. Yeah, I can't wait to hear more from you next week on that. Um, How can people get in touch with you or Apolog going forward, Dr. Frank? Francis.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I would encourage people to go to our website. It's uh, aaplog.org. We have lots of great resources. Remember that our website is primarily geared for medical professionals, but under our resources tab, we've got links to our podcast. We've got a weekly podcast now that just talks through how medical professionals think through some of these weighty ethical issues. I think it's interesting for non-medical people as well. Um, So I'd encourage you to go to our website. If you have questions, feel free to email us at info at applog.org and and we will also have a booth at the conference next week. So if people are at the conference, feel free to come up and I'll be there for part of it along with our membership director, Kathy Deeds. So we'd be happy to talk to you.
0: Wonderful, so good, yes. Yeah, so if you haven't gotten your ticket yet, looks like we're just about to max out the ballroom. You can go to prolifeconference.com. There's still a nice little code there that can get you a discount off the ticket. So again, prolifeconference.com right. is the place to go to snag your ticket to hear from Dr. Francis and other wonderful heroes here in the pro-life movement. So. Thank you, Dr. Francis. Thank you for everything that you're doing. You're in our prayers. We are so just blessed to have you and your voice in the movement. And we look forward to seeing you next week. So thank you so much. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Thanks for
2: being with us.
0: All right. Wow, so good, so good. Mm -hmm. I I mean, just a powerhouse interview. She gets me so fired up, love it. All right, well, we got one more interview to go here and then we're gonna be wrapping up the show. This lady, I mean, literally, I have had sidewalk advocates say that when they've heard from this leader, uh, they said to themselves, This is one of, if not the best presentation in the pro life movement that I have ever heard. No kidding. So we have with us, we need another drum roll. Do we have a drum roll? There you go. Okay. For the founder and executive director of We Teach Think and Human from day one. There she is
1: good morning good morning good, good morning,
2: good morning.
0: Good to see you, good so to so see you. To be. oh we're so excited to have you and we're so excited to drink in more of your wisdom next week uh, some people may not know who you are uh, no. tell us a little bit about we teach think human from day one tell us about your unique uh, mission in the
1: pro-life movement. Right. Well, we teach think in humanfromdayone.com. We have two goals in mind. Number one, we want to take the topic of intentionally ending the life of a preborn human from being socially acceptable to socially unacceptable and we do that through marketing so what we want to do is to use a nationwide consistent marketing message the same way that we have taken other topics within the united states if you think back about litter and the keep america beautiful campaign drunk driving or driving with an open container of alcohol was once socially acceptable thing to do for young <clears throat> folks, they're going to remember the seatbelt dummies. Remember those guys when, I mean, when I was a teenager, it was not cool to wear a seatbelt. Right. And now it's unthinkable. Um, Even when uh, my children were young, car seats were just new and it was okay to hold your baby in in the lap in the front seat of the car, which now is just ridiculous and unthinkable, but all of those topics were moved to unthinkable through a nationwide marketing campaign. And so, when I had my, I say, pro-life conversion, because um, I was once very much a pro-choice person, but through a lot of God incidents, um, He moved me to a different direction when i had that pro-life conversion i thought to myself what can i do uh, to change this culture so i started doing a lot of research to find out what's already being done well your organization is fantastic in the event that they are out on that sidewalk helping to turn away those uh, what i call abortion determined individuals so Um, There's already an organization doing that. There's already organizations helping mothers once they've chose life. But when I was doing the research, I found that about 59% of the U.S. population is what I call middle-minded. And those folks are the ones that say things like, I don't believe in abortion personally, but who am I to tell somebody else what they can and cannot do, right? We've all heard that. Yeah. Well, when I dug into it, I was like, wow, there's really not a lot of time, money, and energies being spent to move that middle-minded culture to what I call a life-minded culture. And the pro-abortion industry has done an amazing job of getting 59% of the U.S. population to go along with something they say I personally don't support, but they do vote with the pro abortion side and they do say, you know, I'm going to allow that to happen because it's legal. So it must be okay. So, what we've done is set out with humanfromdayone.com to produce billboards and television commercials that effectively speak to that middle minded group. And what we want to teach them is to learn how to um, think differently. So we never use the words abortion. We never use the word conception. We never, ever, ever say the name of any of the abortion facilities. So I won't do it here today either. But um, that's what we're doing to try to impact the culture at this time.
2: So good. Oh, I love it. You know, it is so good and it's so powerful and it's so needed. So, you know, you talk about these middle minded people, right? So yeah. because that's such a big part of what you guys are doing, what are some advice, some advice or some tips you would give to people having one on one conversations with these middle minded people and how to move them towards the life? side?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And oftentimes as pro-life people, we know that ending the life of a pre-born human is really morally wrong. We know that. However, what we don't understand is that when we're talking to somebody who's a middle-minded person, that they've had years and years and years of misinformation that is stored in their brain as what we call a heuristic, or a heuristic is a rule of thumb that, that someone has learned over time, basically just from what we call the familiarity effect. They've heard it so many times that it becomes a truth in their brain, even if it's untrue. It's a lump of cells. It's not a baby, you know, yet. So if you ask a middle-minded person, when does human life begin? They're likely to answer eight weeks, 12 weeks, 20 weeks, heartbeat, feels pain. That has been confused in their brain as a truth when we know humans are human from day one. So my best advice when you're talking to somebody from a middle-minded position is to you know, try to take the heat out of a hot topic. And number one, mm-hmm. try to understand where that person is and try to understand that they've been influenced by biases they probably don't even know they have. So we need to start where they're at. It's the same with evangelization. If you are trying to do the teachings of Jesus Christ and the person that you're talking to doesn't believe in God, they don't care what Jesus said because they don't believe he's the son of God. So you have to start where the individual is. And what Uh. we found is that million dollar question, when does human life begin? So when you go to the website, you'll be able to see all of the billboards and the television commercials. So we start start with the one that says, this is you on day one of your life. And it is a picture of a fertilized egg and sperm, a human being. So that's what we need to do is to start where the culture is and move them forward.
0: Mm, I love that. That's so good. We are so excited to hear from you even more next week, Angela, at the National Sidewalk Advocacy Conference. Tell us why you're excited about that. And then uh, go ahead and give us some contact information if people want to yeah. find
1: you online. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I am thrilled beyond belief to be at your conference. And I would encourage anyone who's listening right now, if you are a conference fence center and you've been thinking to yourself, oh, I want to go, but I don't have time. I was thinking that too. The first time I went, which I think was four or five years ago now, and I went as a participant, I honestly booked a flight the day before the conference started and went to the conference, and it was fantastic. Not only was... Uh, I reaffirmed in what I was getting ready to do because I hadn't even started anything at that point when I attended your conference, but I was yeah. surrounded by other people that were life-minded gave me hope and energy. So number one, if you are thinking about going in and you're having that thought process in your mind, I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to spend a whole weekend. You do. And God wants you to go. Yeah. So please sign up and go. If you want to know more about human from day one, number one, download the We Teach Think app. You can go to your app store. You can download the app onto your phone. All of our videos are on there and easily shareable. You can just forward it via a text link or an email link. And that's what we need. That's how the... The other generation shares information. They share, share, share. So I encourage you to do that. Or you can go to Human From Day One, O-N-E, one is spelled out, humanfromdayone.com and see all of our work there. So we'll be at the conference next week. I'll be there. My husband will be there and uh, we'll be teaching more about the psychology of marketing. Love it!
0: Oh, we are so excited. So
2: excited! excited.
0: Thank you so much, Angela, for everything that you're doing. We look forward to seeing you in person next week. And keep up the great work. You can't see, but everyone's giving you a round of applause. So,
1: (laughs) thanks so much, Angela.
2: We'll We'll see you in a few days.
1: Yeah, God bless (laughs) you. (laughs) Bye bye. Bye -bye.
2: Bless
1: you.
0: Bye bye. Wow. Yeah. Oh, good. These ladies are going to be, they're going to head out of the park next week. Can't wait to hear more from them. So I know we went a little bit over time, but we wanted to get these two powerhouses in today so that you could get a preview for the conference. And also for those of you that can't make it, hear more about their great work and how complimentary it is, even to what we do on the sidewalk. We've got to know this. We've got to know how to hold hard conversations, right? Tricky conversations with people. And both these ladies are covering that uh, in a different way. So, so grateful to Dr. Francis and Angela.
2: Yeah, such a great show. I hope that you guys will share this and definitely share the podcast. Um, Whatever platform you're watching or listening on today, please make sure to share it. I want to round us out today with a scripture verse and some reflection and then a closing prayer. Today, I wanted to focus our attention on Romans chapter 12, verse 9. And um, this is from the New Living Translation. And it says, don't just pretend to love others, really love them hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Wow, how simple, how profound, how applicable to our lives. This morning, I just really want to encourage you with those words that we can't be those who pretend to love others. We have to really love them. We need to be those who, you know, hate what is wrong and really hold firmly to what is good, to what is right. When we do that, We are able to be beacons of light to those around us. We are able to be those who are change agents to our culture. We are able to be those who help people to look at things from a different angle. We are able to help show others what true love is when we really love them. We are able to help them see the wrong around us in our cultures when we hate what is evil, when when we cling to what is good, and when we continue to do what we've been called to do each and every day. So today I encourage you, read Romans chapter 12, verse 9, read all of Romans 12, read all of the book of Romans if you have the time. Spend some time meditating and praying on the reality that we must be people who are very firmly planted in loving others as God has loved us so that we can show them truth, so that we can show them um, you know, what we have to offer them more powerfully with our actions than even with our words. You know, I'll leave you with another quote that I love from St. Francis of Assisi, who said, preach the gospel at all times, when necessary, use words. May we do that today. May we do that this week. May we do that as part of our life, that everything we do, we are telling the world about who our great God is and the life-giving love that he has. And when we have to, we use the words that we know to use. So with that, would you pray with me as we get ready to close out the show? Dillard, thank you so much for this incredible show today. Thank you for Dr. Christina Francis and for Angela Copenhaver and what they are doing in their respective organizations and in their missions to help people realize the misinformation and understand the truth of what is happening during pregnancy, what is happening in the abortion industry, what the realities are of life in the womb, and that we have the ability to protect life in the womb as well as protect mothers, and that we need to be acknowledging the truth that we are all human from day one. God, I pray that you would bless them. I pray that you would continue to bless Sawak Advocates for Life, that you would be with our Sawak Advocates literally from coast to coast as they are on sidewalks of abortion facilities around America today, that you would give them the words to say, and that many women would see them as a sign of hope and help today. God, we pray that you would continue to bless us as we march towards the National Sidewalk Advocacy Conference, now just one week away. And God, we just pray that you would continue to bless everything that is going on in the pregnancy help um, movement across America. God will continue to give you the glory for all the great things that you are doing. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. What a great show. This is the longest show we've ever had, but really, really good information. And so, again, if you can't join us for the National Sidewalk Advocacy Conference next week, know that you are in our hearts uh, because we are all part of this great army of light that is marching forward and looking for the end to abortion, which we believe will come. I, I still remember uh, a handful of weeks ago emceeing the pro-life women's conference and somebody stood on stage, still remember this, the speaker stood on stage and he looked out at the crowd and he said, I am just going to call it that in the next 50 years, personhood will be granted to the unborn, to the pre-born. And I thought, wow, what a proclamation. But I stood in faith with him on that. And I believe, again, that as we continue to affect hearts and minds, as we continue to change culture, we do have hope. This is the way that it works, that the law will follow suit. And so let's continue to pray and advocate for that. It's how Roe and Casey were overturned. It's why we're now on this, at this point in history, on this side of history. And so keep going. You never know what your prayers, your presence your outreach, your education, your advocacy is doing in your community. Abortion-free communities lead to abortion-free states and abortion-free states lead to abortion-free countries. And so let's keep marching forward. So thanks everyone for joining us for another episode of Wake Up to Life with Lauren. And we look forward to joining you next week at the same time, same bat channel, as we head into the National Sidewalk Advocacy Conference. So have a great week, everyone. God bless. Bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye.